0: and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast when a couple pastor-scholars get together and look at a seasonally appropriate scripture passage drawn based on the Revised Common Lectionary. We hope it'll be enjoyable and edifying for all and especially equipping for pastors or teachers or anyone who's working on sermons or lessons in the upcoming weeks. I'm your host, John Drury. I teach systematic theology and spiritual formation for Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. My guest this week is Aaron Perry. Aaron Perry is a associate professor of leadership and uh, pastoral theology for Wesley Seminary uh, alongside me. And this week's text is Exodus chapter 24 verses 12 through 18. Exodus chapter 24 verses 12 through 18. Make sure to subscribe if you're not already. Uh, So, you never miss an episode. And as you're listening, if you enjoy the show, hit the share button on your podcast player app of choice and pass this show along so that others may benefit as well. Thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Aaron Perry. So, we're looking at uh, this is for the last Sunday before Lent, which also functions as Transfiguration Sunday in the okay. uh, calendar. Not the we'll see how relevant that is. That's up to us because okay. we're looking at the Old Testament lesson, which is Exodus twenty-four verses twelve through eighteen. Exodus twenty-four verses twelve through eighteen. Uh, Would you be willing to read the text, then I'll say a word of prayer? Sure. Exodus 24,
1: 12-18. This is the New International Version. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commands I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua his aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and Hur are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. The word of God for the people of God.
0: Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, you are our most merciful Father, and so we come to you humbly, for you are the God of the mountain, the God who is. A consuming fire. And yet we dare to come before you boldly as well. For you are the God of the covenant. The one who made a covenant with your chosen people. And in the flesh and blood, name of Jesus. Even a couple uh, Gentiles here, uh, Aaron and I, are incorporated by faith in him. Into your covenant people, So we come before you boldly, yet with the fear and trembling appropriate to the humility that we must and may have uh, before you. And we humbly ask that you would grant us a boldness appropriate to the word of God, that you would empower us to hear and see uh, what the word has to say to us, and then in turn, that all those who listen in, Uh, May also receive the word of God with or against the grain of what we have to say. And so that we all may be uh, humbled and yet emboldened as bearers of the word of God. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Forty days and forty nights. Very exciting passage. (laughs) A lot of echoes, right? Yeah. Echoes, Echoes to transfiguration, echoes of ascension. I'm so itching to go there, and this is a time when I wonder if our standard outline will be helpful for us. To maybe say, with OT, let's save the echoes for the second part, for interpretation. Like, let's just stay... As much as possible in the text. And I say that as one who's like, oh, I want to go there. I want to go there. <laughs> but what What do you, what, what's not echo free, but echo of background <laughs> hmm. with the text in the foreground. Um, the, the first thing that what grabs you, the first yeah. thing that grabbed me was
1: uh, the sequence of the first verse. Ah, okay. Say more. Come up to me and stay here Whew. and I will give you with the law and commands. I have written, so it, it's like the they're already what what the final purpose of what's going to happen there has already been accomplished, right? It's <laughs> al, it's already written, but the come up to me, so that has yet to happen, and then and then the the two words actually grab grab me were and stay here, yeah, Right? stay in this presence, and evidently that needs to be said because it would be difficult to stay there, right? You can imagine Gosh, it would be, be like what comes right with, with like a rich place and and heavy and overwhelming. Um, but stay here. Like that needs to be said because the temptation is to not to stay there. Right. The temptation is, would be to like, like, go get the job done, get the tablets. They're already prepped. Right. It's like, it's not like, wait, while I do this work, this work seems to have been done. Stay here.
0: That is what's gripping me. Man. Well, now that's what's gripping me, Aaron. (laughs) That sequence, that... It really is, there's three beats in the instruction, even though this third beat has a kind of two, you know, has a ghost note in it, as it were, to use the stick with the musical. There's the come, there's the abide, the remain, and there's the I will give. Mm -hmm. And as you pointed out that I just completely missed, and I'll, I'll say why soon or later. This phrasing, I will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandments, which, which I have written for their instruction. And the sense that we're in, we're in chapter 24. I mean, he's already given the instruction, the core of it. The 10 commandments appear in 20. The covenant commitment is in chapter 19, right? Like the, the big things have already been verbally communicated, but haven't been written on stone yet. Mm. Um, I just thought that that, and and it was, you emphasized, and it might've just been an accident, but when you read it, you put a little emphasis on the word with, Mm. uh, that, that drew my attention to that. I often say that, you know, sometimes the most uh, significant interpretive act is just which word you happen to put the emphasis on (laughs) when you read a text, Mm -hmm. you know, I will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. Now you talked about how he's already written them on there but then that made me jump to the fact that some of the core instructions actually have been given orally. So yeah. Is there new revelation to come? Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Cause there's more details and is in terms of the sanctuary, right? He hasn't yet been given that, which I think is the point. Um, but the sense is not just come up, wait here, abide, and I'm going to give you something brand new. I'm also going to give you something that's a continuation of what we've already started. Mm-hmm. So even though the coming up of the mountain is new, um, it's also, a sort of confirmation and then and continuation of the giving of the law that already began in chapter 19 and 20 that was just a little contextual thought for what it's worth uh, come up to me on the mountain and abide there and i will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandment which i have written for their instruction It's the presence right the presence of
1: god is the emphasizing peace
0: Hmm. Say more about that.
1: Uh, I don't know if I can yet. I'm just reflecting on it. Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered, the glory of the Lord settled on Mm. Mount Sinai, right? It's like,
0: yes, I'm kind of,
1: I'm, I'm drawing this back into Eden and the, they're banished from this holy place Mm. because of what they would have done to it. And, and it's almost like the, it's this reinstitution of, of the sacred, and i think maybe that that's part of um part of me that's why the the limitation of this space as the as a mountaintop it's not completely all the way back down and 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 hovering over or with mm-hmm. with every part right it's a, it's like this gradual recoming, and we see the tabernacle get established as this this roving eden right. place you know shortly thereafter but it's like it's like god is is starting with mountaintop one person yes moses in order to see that like flow down and through through moses and then into into the world as that's gonna as that's gonna get pressed around right that's that's the you know like this withdrawal and now this gradual like re-entering of of god's glory and presence and and the the gentility of the same time uh as the cloud you know clouds are they they inhibit our our view they can be heavy, but they're not. They don't knock us over, <laughs> right? It's not like a wind, ah. which we can also see. It's not like fire, which can also capture the presence of God and does through Exodus. But it's the the cloud. You know, it's, it surrounds us. Maybe uh, I'm just trying to think of it. Are there clues here to what, to what yeah. God is is, un, is unfolding on the based on the setting and the the persons who are there and the nature of His presence.
0: Yeah, well, two clues come to mind. Not that you directed that as a question to me, but uh, alas, I'll take it as such. Um, Two clues that captured my uh, mind as you were speaking. One is the theme of presence is already implicit in 12. It's not come Mm -hmm. onto the mountain where I will happen to be. It's come Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. on this mountain. So the emphasis is already on the coming to me Mm -hmm. with the mountain as, as merely and yet importantly the place. But as in the context of the story, already to this point, God has appeared as cloud of pillar and, and fire in the encounter with the Egyptians in chapter 14. So, and he will be as the guidance later that God is not somehow only on the mountain stuck there. Right, right, right? right. So that's been already clearly communicated though. There's a specialness about this mountain as a place of encounter. And so it's come to me and the mountain is where we will meet. And then the second verb that you already emphasized, abide, remain, You know, settle in, right? Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with your language when you pointed out that the, that the cloud came down uh, in 16 and the glory of the Lord, I think your version had, uh, uh, settled Settled. in.
1: Settled (laughs) settled on the mount, on Mount Sinai. And I,
0: and that's nice, rested. Uh, it makes me want to glance. Uh, I have the NASB, my personal favorite study Bible. Yeah. The, oh my, oh heavens, the (laughs) Kaboad. Adonai, hmm. the the glory of the Lord. <laughs> Vio, I'm, I'm, my pronunciation is gonna be awful, but yish, f- va, uh, yish, vai-ish, yeah, vai-ish-kon. Vai-ish-kon. yeah, settling, resting. But hmm. I mean, even just not passed by, right? right yeah. <laughs> you see that, right, right, right? We, we, that happens later with Moses up on this mountain. Glory, Lord, is gonna pass by, or Elijah. With, well, I'll leave out Elijah for now. Uh, so, the, and and then the language, the cloud covered for six days, and on the seventh day, ding ding ding, right? The voice comes, right? So you had no voice, just silence in the in the darkness of the cloud. And then Moses was on the mountain for a total of forty days and forty nights. And interestingly, you mentioned the one person, but uh, it does mention that Joshua rose with him. Now, whether he comes with him or not, it's a little vague, right? It doesn't say very clearly, yeah. uh, though it plants the seed at least that he's in, you know, in, uh, but you're right. The focus is on him as the leader in the,
1: well, and it's twice in verse 13. So verse 13 has, he set out with Joshua's aid yep. and Moses went up on the mountain of God. Verse 15, when, yeah. when Moses went up on the mountain and, and, and I think it's uh, implied he's
0: with him. I mean, this is a standard kind of verbal, pattern. It happens in the gospels all the time where it says, Jesus went to such and such and the disciples with him, you know, you kind of have the one person doing the action and then the others, but it's not, it's not an absolute. The other clue that I wanted to mention, unless you wanted to jump in there was, and I, sorry to obsess over our, uh, our own tendencies and personality and thought pattern, but I found it's, it's so typical of us that the clues that you were seeing were reinstituting back to Eden <laughs> and mine were anticipating forward to the temple. <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not that those are contradictory, but no, they're, they're but, deeply connected. Right. But, but there you and I, this happened when we were in Luke a lot last year, where the tendency of emphasizing the restoration versus anti uh, restor, uh, emphasizing anticipation. Mm. And they're not mutually exclusive, but the emphasis affects the way you notice texts, you know, because my mind immediately was thinking, of this, anticipating the other mountain, you know Mount Zion, rather than uh, you know Mount Sinai, and I may have accidentally called this Zion an accident. And if I did, it was a a theological Freudian slip, right? That there's mm-hmm. a there's an anticipation of the glory coming and abiding, the presence of God, the Shekinah mm-hmm. that comes down and stays not for forty days, forty nights, but permanently, mm-hmm. you know, with the people until the exile, right? So, and and of course, all these texts. In read in a kind of sort of in their literary order. Well, yeah, Eden would have been the things you'd look back to. Read in the sense of who first wrote and read these the dominant experiences were the life around the temple and the, and the presence of the people of God, you know, uh, those, that's something that the original readers would have had in their own actual experience. Whereas Eden is, is a story to them, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it's all stories to us now. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up to say, I think, I feel this kind of pointing both backward and forward back to the, the garden, like you said, and then, and then forward to the temple, you know, Anyway, I don't know what you think okay. about that, but <laughs> or if you want to go a different direction now
1: uh, I mean I'm, I'm my reading of it is certainly shaped with with Eden in mind and the gentle way that God is reinstitut and it's not always gentle, but in this case it's there strikes me as a gentility as of reinstituting his presence in in limited ways that are meant to flow out. So if if Aaron is with him the emphasis still is on on Moses.
0: Oh, absolutely. And yeah. uh
1: Could be Joshua. As, as Aaron's clearly oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh Joshua. So it's it's going to be carried carried through the one. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the uh the responsibility then that Moses is feeling with this. This call mm-hmm. to come up, stay here. And and the text then says he's in uh The, for six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. So this has (laughs) got to be quite an experience that Moses has, right? To, to to set out on this trek and climb a mountain is initiated by the call of God. Mm -hmm. And then there's a period of silence. Yeah. That, that's why the stay here rings rings heavy, right? Because there, there isn't going to be something else to hold on to for a little while. You know, evidently there's something, there's something happening. Don't, Don't rush it, you know, and, and don't, Mm. don't be, don't be overwhelmed by it and don't rush it. You know, there's kind of maybe like, maybe there's a a tension there of like this temptation to be overwhelmed by the presence of God and to move away or to become, um, to miss that God is present and to move on, you know, like both those things can be happening. And then it's like, so between the come, come to me and stay here and then the glory of the Lord. Or the Lord calling to Moses from within the cloud on the seventh day. You've got this period of time where it seems Moses is acting in faith, right? Is, yep. Is, silence is, and darkness. Is holding on cloud
0: yeah. and no, yeah. no word yet, and, no new word. And
1: the interesting and the contrast then Moses is in the cloud, but to the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire, yeah, on yeah. top of the mountain. It, ah. You know, there, and you can see how maybe this is the case, depending on what the light is doing with all the, you know, refracting in the in the water, and right? You're the such cloud. a rationalist, but uh, <laughs> sorry, but I'm that's kidding. why. Yeah, but there, there's got to be some experience that's giving it to it, right? <laughs> um, there's there's something that that makes them see like, oh, that's what it is, yeah. And in a sense, it is that, right? Yeah. Like they're building that out of their experience. So we saw God as fire, and that's what it is. And at the same time, Moses is experiencing it as this as this cloud. And that's what it is. That's well, what it is. And as the well. order of
0: the verses is, is, is of course ambiguous. In verse seventeen is kind of a meanwhile back down, so it could refer to the whole forty days, mm. or it could correspond to the action of the immediately pre- being, preceding uh, clause of God speaking. Is it that the cloud all of a sudden looked like fire when God spoke? Now I'm not saying the text says that, but it's oh, it's open to that possibility that they're just kind of waiting, looking up. They see the cloud uh, the, the darkness of a mountain peruge and then a day a weekend all of a sudden he hears a voice but they see consuming fire um it's not I, I'm not saying it's uh the the syntax doesn't require one or the other reading I don't super, think. I, think I think it's open sin. and 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 Hebrew narratives tend to be written in a kind of with a little bit of uh fraught background is the way that that eric auerbach puts it this kind of there's a lot else going on behind all the verses and it almost mm-hmm. the rabbis always took that as an invitation to explore mm-hmm. but also to canonize minority reports you know the, the rabbis were always consistent throughout the jewish tradition even after the destruction especially after the destruction of the temple and the failure of the apocalyptic we're right and you're wrong thinking <laughs> uh to kind of emphasize like well, it means this, but it, it, the the rabbinic writings are always, well, this rabbi says this, but this other rabbi says this and they're contradictory <laughs> and, and and you just, and there it is. There and is. you just leave it be, it. you know, we have those in our texts in the new Testament, but they tend to be separated by whole books. It's more Paul. We actually have the writings rather than kind of, but if you were to just take a bunch of quotes from Paul and Matthew and, you know, John and Peter and stick them together right next to each other by topic, it, that's what happens is it looks a little bit like. This kind of rabbinic, whoa, kind of different ways of looking at these things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's how they would have been trained. So why did I go off on that? Oh, just the the fact that 17 is undetermined. Yeah, the timing of that I think is undetermined. Uh, perhaps another interpreter would would push back on that. But I, I think there's an openness there. Wow. And Moses entered then, 18, the midst of the cloud as he went up the mountain, right? Implying that there's a next movement further in too right Mm -hmm. wow well let's take a break and come back and do some more interpreting and we're back welcome back to fresh text i'm here with aaron perry uh so good to have you back on the show hey good to be here Uh, i mean i love all the guests but you know you know Oh, gee, original team, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh Exodus uh, 24, we're looking at verses 12 through 18. And we, we already got into some echoes across the Hebrew Bible, but now I want to feel free to open the floodgates into those New Testament connections that you and I were chomping at the bit probably for immediately. Uh, especially given that this text is selected as a, oh, for Transfiguration Sunday in the lectionary. I cut you off at the very beginning when you said, Oh, there's echoes transfiguration. Was there anything in particular that was, uh, striking to you in that regard? Uh,
1: not particularly. It was just, it was, I mean, before we went on air, you had mentioned transfiguration Sunday. And so I was automatically keyed in a right. little bit. To My it. Fault. I was like, I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, John. It's like I should, John primes me to say, and, and something, then I shoot you down and then it's was like, well, let's not, do, <laughs> let's not do that yet. All right. So. Come
0: on, you Marcionite. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mean. <laughs> It was an accident, I promise.
1: So, uh, I mean, just back <clears throat> into the text again, the little, I I mean, I'm, I'm, you can make a chiasm out of many, many, many different texts, but wondering if there's a conclusio with the uh, Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain mm-hmm. and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights and how this passage started, come up to me on the mountain and yes. stay here. You know, it's like, there's an affirmation that, that Moses did exactly what he was told to do. He went up and he stayed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing if it's even the same, same, the same verb. verb. No, but it doesn't matter. He just was there, but that doesn't matter. It is it, in the narrative logic. I think it mm. is clearly that. And as you pointed out earlier, there isn't a length of time in the original instruction, right? Right. Which is why it required faith mm-hmm. for that, that first week of silence, mm-hmm. which occurred to me, you know, that, that, that the silence of God, which we often Confused with God's absence. So this is an important text to push back. God can be present, maybe even palpably present, but not giving any instructions or guidance Mm -hmm. just with Mm -hmm. there. And then furthermore, that the silence of God is the space that God opens up for our obedience as he does. He well, the last thing you, what do you do in the silence of God? He remembers that God told him to stay. So he stays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and God had given him the end. He didn't give him the means and the whole process and how long it was going to take. But he, the, the, there was the immediate instruction, come up to me, the consequent instruction, abide and the purpose and promise. I will give you the length of time, <laughs> the process of the unfolding between, <laughs> uh, the abiding and the giving is an, uh, is not determined until the end. We don't find out how long it'll be you know, mm-hmm. until the end. So I think your emphasis on that 16 and that, and that waiting until God speaks is, is, is very powerful and brings it a lot closer to the Elijah story than at first glance. Cause the famous Elijah story, God was not in the fire. God was not in the winds. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and here God is in the fire. Right? Like there, there is, the, there is something booming about it. And yet there's a, a silence and a waiting, and, of course, the Elijah story itself is, uh you know, there's a 40 days and 40 nights journey that leads to that journey in the desert. So, that's obviously a, a callback to this. But you got something out. What you got there? Well, I was just thinking
1: about – I was wondering if there's some narrative logic to use your term that you just used uh, between here and the beginning of Acts, mm. where we have elements of mountains, clouds, <sighs> 40 days – Promise of a yeah. promise of a gift, um, command to wait. And all th- those elements are all present in a relatively short period of time, you know, nine nine verses
0: or so. So that's Absolutely. what I was just looking through. And which corresponds to Pentecost, right? Which is yep. the remembrance of the giving of the law, which is just 10 days after those 40. Yeah. It spawn- so Easter goes with Passover. And is the flooding of the God's presence back into the right.
1: world uh, purifying by fire. Yes. Universality by, by the different languages that are, that are mentioned. Power of the wind, right? There's, it's, uh, the things that maybe, maybe Moses would be anticipating here as far as power. Uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking, but yeah. Certainly are carried through in Pentecost, you know, which Jesus says, you know, wait. Maybe, maybe there's a, a follow, ah! follow through of, you know, I will give you the tablets of stone. Like, I will, gi- I will give you the spirit, right? Wait. This coming. N- I will leave, clothe you from
0: on high. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not go to all nations. Interestingly enough, right? The, in a weird way, Acts 1 8 is not a great commission because he doesn't commission them to go. He tells them to wait mm-hmm. <laughs> and the spirit will come. Then you will become, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I could, I mean, I can't help but, but think of the Holy Spirit when I see a cloud, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the scriptures or, well, in the world too, you know, mm-hmm. because of that, that, I was paradoxical too, too fancy of word, uh, mysterious, uh, combination of gentleness and gravitas to use your word gentle or gentility earlier. Cause I agree. There is a kind of gentleness about a cloud and yet there's also a weightiness, mm-hmm. but not that stops you from moving, you know, and, and that's, you know, this is exactly how the spirit works, right? It, it surrounds and. comes upon even the tongues of fire on their, Mm -hmm. And yet what does it empower them to do? Do they like, you know, slay all of the Jewish leaders who killed Jesus? No, they preach the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a gentleness coinciding with the gravitas. Mm -hmm. And I know it has to alliterate to be true. So that's why I had to find the word because, because I sensed when you said the gentleness, I did not see it at first glance. All I was sensing was the gravitas and it could be the, 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 the passage in Hebrews that says for our God, we do not come to a mountain. Of which we're Mm. afraid and for God, for our God is a consuming fire Mm -hmm. is the last line of, of that chapter, chapter 12, I believe of Hebrews. And so, um, and even that passage has a mix of the gravitas and the gentleness intertwined. Mm -hmm. And it was helpful to hear you see that side. And it helps me even see it in the transfiguration story in a way that I don't always see,
1: you know. Uh, you, you use the word uh, clouds don't keep us from moving, and they don't, but they keep us from moving fast. Right. You know, yes. You can't, can't move quickly. You know, you can you – can, Because you know, they if, block if, our vision. If it's, if it's thick. Right. Yeah, it, it's certainly, certainly far vision, you know, and you're kind of right. groping ahead. And here it's like – Maybe, maybe there's an aspect to this. Just like a mountain,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? You can go, but you yeah, gotta go up has. and it goes yeah. a lot slower.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe there's an aspect to this that it's uh, like the the presence of God is confirmed to us to be, to be the means of God's accomplishing what God's will is. That if God's will is for Moses to stay, the cloud is what requires him to stay, because he can't move fast. Hmm. You know, maybe there's, there's a reminder here of there's like wow. a sacramentality to God's presence, which of course there is, right? God's presence accomplishes yeah. what, what God does, which is a theme that's emphasized over and over and over again in the Old Testament, right? God's present by his word, spirit, glory, and God's mm-hmm. will is accomplished in those ways by God's presence. But it's just, this makes it very tangible to me that yeah. God's will was for Moses to stay, come and stay. And so God slowed him down. <laughs> and so God slowed him down. God, God allowed him. And, and maybe in that time there's, there's an attuning of Moses to hear that, that the first, the first call, Mm -hmm. I would have to go back and see what's going on before. I don't know. I'm just kind of playing with the text now, but the, 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 first one to, to come up to me, um, maybe the, the slowing and the staying of those six days is how God prepares Moses to hear what he would say to him on the seventh day. So that what what and how we spoke to him on the seventh day, Moses would not have had the ability to do in the first time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's a beautiful inversion of our modern appropriation of Sabbath practice, which is, oh, I need to get some rest so I can do my job the other six days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, well, maybe all the work is just our waiting for the real thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is the resting in the presence of God. We tend to always invert it as if. Oh, yeah. That the slowing down is for the yes, for the purpose yes. of the speeding up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is kind of almost to get it backwards, but it's okay. God's like, well wh- whatever gets you here. Well I'll get you know, what get you here won't get you there. Most of us start yeah, entering and- into Sabbath practice because we're burnt out, but over time come to find that it has other gifts to give beyond just making me better at my job. <laughs> you yeah, know. <laughs> and I mean,
1: you you it might be worthwhile asking the question, how is this going to Relate to the formation of the nation through Moses. They've just um, been indoctrinated and forced into labor, and, ha- and have a totally messed up view of what work is. And uh that's emphasized in the Sabbath command in Deuteronomy. And now For I am
0: not a god like Pharaoh. That's right the now, it's now.
1: it's like there's a there, the the inversion is not to undo the inversion is to is to reset that's right you know what work is about
0: because all evil is just a disordering a disorder of the real yeah. it's not doesn't have substance of its own that's
1: it it was uh the the slavery is the <laughs> is the parasitic picture of what work is meant to be and what agency is meant is meant to be yeah now. and here it's like god is is inverting it in order to reset who this nation is going to be which has already been called kingdom of priests and holy nation you know, yes. so you you can you can see like the the formation that's taking place is already happening because God's been gracious to them and has already declared who they are, and now it's going to get into their into their bones, which is another great picture of a cloud, right? Because if you've if you've been in damp weather for a long time, you feel it seep into you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, it you can't. It's like it's like it doesn't. If something that just rests on you, it's something <laughs> that gets right into you.
0: I love you bringing up the 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 formation of the people into their identity as a, you know, prophetic priestly and Royal people, because it helps to keep the, the character of the communal character of Moses election as the prophet, right? It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm forming you so that you can be a good leader. No, I'm forming the people. And one of the, the, the consistent pattern of God's ways of forming a people is to form a people through, individuals within mm-hmm. a people mm-hmm. but not you know the is not the end in it you know an That's end right. in itself per se. Also God right. is friends with Moses. So Moses from one point of view is is an end in himself. God and Moses are buds and you know there's a there's an intimacy there. But it's always for the sake of the forming of the people. Um <laughs> which is why the the reference to Joshua I think yeah, is important. I was just thinking is that was, where
1: you were going? Yeah. Well I was just thinking about that. You know this this kind yeah. of
0: and the delegation to Aaron and her. Yeah to run the show yeah. while they're gone. I mean, it's a nice little delegation moment. Yeah. We usually talk about the, the delegation in terms of like, you know, the appointing elders over the 50, you know, as like this great moment of, you know, uh, leadership or whatever. Sorry. I just said that with a little funny voice, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and that's good, but it's, this is a cool, a slightly different twist where it's like, cause it's specifically, you know, wait here. It's interesting. Moses gives God gives, Moses, the command to come up and wait with him. And Moses gives a command to his, you know, to his brother and to her. You wait here for us until we return to you and behold, Aaron and her are with you. And whoever he says it to the elders, those guys from earlier that mm-hmm. he pointed here, are you with whomever has a legal matter, let him approach them. So he's kind of saying, yeah, I've got the elders running all the show, but but he still needed to be consulted on you know, you know, matters of legal interpretation. And he's saying they, they have the, they have, I mean, it's true delegation. He's not saying, and they'll mark it down. And when I get back, I'll talk to you. Cause remember he doesn't know how long he's going to be gone. Right? Mm-hmm. That's it's, right. it's while I'm gone, they get final, they have final uh, judicial power mm-hmm. uh, or judicial That's authority. It. Um, I don't know if that clicks with you at all, but, but, uh, it's just, it's just an interesting little, little just little detail that, that totally wouldn't need to be there. I mean, there's already so many details missing from this story that we would love to have, <laughs> right? So so when you have a lot, when, it, when a text is fraught with background, it's fun to ask, okay, then why why is what's in the foreground in the foreground? Well, you know, a hum- why yeah. bother to mention it? There, you know? there's,
1: a, there's a humility that we've seen in Moses. I mean, yeah. most humble man who ever lived. There's a humility here that yeah. we see in play here. He's Ah, he's committed to obedience. He's going to obey. He doesn't know how long he's going to be. He's making adequate preparation that he knows he's not indispensable to the thing, which in fact is the very test that comes to Moses. It's like, Moses, I'm going to, when God says, I'm going to wipe out the people, I'll start a new people through you. And Moses says, no, you know, far be it for your glory, right? That, That That's why you can say Moses is the most humble man. And here it's like, he's making preparation as though he is not indispensable to the leading of the nation because he is Ugh. acting in a way that he's not. These men can do it, you know, Aaron and her. And there's a And that about, test is much later. It's in the 30s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that hasn't yeah, happened for, yet. Sorry, I just on. wanted to. But that, it's like he's that's gone the culmination. So yeah, that's that's the culmination, right? Of of their of that's the final test of his humility. Is like when the world is given to you,
0: yes, can you say can you say no to it? Which makes me think of the forty days that Jesus spends in the desert,
1: mm-hmm. being absolutely. offered, in that
0: case by absolutely the devil. Yeah, um, all things you know, and th- and those are ramped
1: up, right? Yeah, yeah right? And and there's a there's a prophet priestly and royal echoes in that in that temp- temptation. But there, I love that there's, there's it, the humility and, here. And that and humility means risk,
0: because Aaron's not gonna. He's going to screw this up. <laughs> that's yeah. that's coming and, ten and, chapters And later. it is it is an act
1: of faith, right? It's 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 perspective yeah. that these are not my these are God's people. These are the people of God. I'm doing my role, and he's he's very reticent to doing his role before, right? And, you know, all right. the testing of stuff with Moses. You know, like God sent somebody else, and and here he's like, okay, this is the what's been given to me to come and to stay. So I'm going to prepare as though. That's what I'm going to do. Entrusting. It's it's this mutual trusting entrusting trusting to the, these leaders, Aaron and her entrusting trusting the people to God. God, they're your people and finding oneself just and implicitly in the freedom of God to be a reference
0: to Joshua. Sorry. I cut yes. Off. Yes. No, it's whether how far he makes it up the mountain with them. You know, we can leave that aside for a moment. But even just his name appearing here. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, before the stories of the spies and all that in, in numbers. Right. Yeah the the implicit gesture to his dispensability mm-hmm. right yeah uh that well Joshua's got to learn how to talk to God on the mountain if he's going to lead these people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you talked about not indispensable and and I'm coming I'm 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 uh, a a new kind of description uh of humility or or a or a partial definition of humility is uh you could say is attunement to one's dispensability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I'm 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 aware of and 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 tuned into that I'm dispensable. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of those things that's like a gut punch and then really empowering mm-hmm. to do one's duty. Mm-hmm. And it generates a kind of human image of gentility and gravitas, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Cause the people who have gentleness, have that mix of gentleness and gravitas mm-hmm. that I've seen in my life, uh, that are, that I'm drawn to as, as icons of humility. They often have that, like they know they've got something to offer. They're not, you know what I mean? They're not, Oh, poo me. No. You know, they don't know that false humility. They've yeah. got the gravitas to say, I have authority. I have a role to play. Um, but a gentleness in the way that that's administered, and you can see underneath both of those in the human form as a just kind of, Oh, well, I'm dispensable. I'm just playing. It's faith. <laughs> it's faith. <laughs> I'm just trusting yeah. that God's doing something and I get to be around for it for a little while. It's, it's faith.
1: It's, it's a, it's a, <sighs> it's a total sense of giving of oneself to God and that, and that we are sustained, you know, that, that, uh, we, we are returning to God what has just been given to us and enjoying the freedom of it.
0: That's so good. I'm inspired. Let's uh, take a quick break and come back and do some sermon starters. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guest, Aaron Perry, and we're looking at Exodus 24, verses 12 through 18. And we've got a few minutes here to just explore some uh, sermon starters. Where would you... Where do you think you'd want to kind of put your, you know, we used to do that. What's your winkle, right? What's your, what's your angle? You're right. What, what would be the, there's so many themes here, but what would kind of bring it some shape? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I definitely would have to work on this notion of staying, uh, abiding. Um, I don't know. I'm still wrestling. I'm still, I'm still wrestling it. I mean, there's, there's come up to me on the mountain and stay here. Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And and I feel like, like that, that those bookends lead me to see what, what in the middle would present as the, as the good news Hmm. that I would build, build toward. So, uh, because I think I, I think I could use the, the command to stay as that, as that conflict because, we we don't like to wait rest stay uh-huh. and then the the final part of it moses did that uh and he stayed and that kind of like pointing back that it's because he stayed that this is what happened you know that this was the this was the benefit uh, and and maybe i would talk about the the uh, play with the transformation of is the call of god at the start different from the call of god after the se- on the seventh day and and did the waiting enable moses to hear what god would say on the seventh day um that God had started on the first or on, you know, not the first day, but before he had gone up on the mountain. So there's something, I think there's something in there that I would want to play with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He called him out of the cloud. Yeah. I mean, I'm a right now. I'm, I mean, this is maybe uh, an aside, but it, it's relevant. I suppose. Um I'm, I'm wrestling internally right now over the, the proportion of explicit transfiguration connections, you know, like, and it's a general kind of question about preaching when you preach uh, from the Bible and you know, how much do I kind of go there? But if I go there so much, do I kind of um, imply that this text has nothing for us without it? And yet, of course, it's it's precisely through Christ that at least, uh, you know, Gentile Christians like you and me mm-hmm. have any access to this story, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's weirdly respecting the otherness of this text to say, well, I, I, my only way in is through <laughs> the Messiah, right? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet at the same time, it can disrespect the text if I have to be like, well, this makes no sense without you know, Mark nine. Uh, so, right. And so that's just a constant struggle for me. And I think a lot of our listeners maybe don't struggle with that. And so maybe I'm, they can either ignore me right now or they can, maybe I can stir them up to struggle a little yeah. with it. Cause yeah, it's important yeah, yeah. struggle, I think. And for those who do struggle with this, I don't know. Do you have any advice on that in your own preaching life about how to, with a text like this, that's so where the, you know, the transfiguration stories are so clearly modeled and influenced by that. I mean, they see the cloud, then they go into the cloud. It says that's, Mm -hmm. that's a detail. Uh, the, you know, um, even the Joshua coming along with him has a kind of Peter, James and John as Joshua there. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Although Joshua in, is just Yeshua and in Greek is Jesus, mm-hmm. right? It's the same word, right? So <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Moses, Moses and Jesus have been on a mountain before. Right? So it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, and the voice calling out of the cloud, exact same phraseology uh, in the, so it's like, how much do you do of that? I don't know, any thoughts Here, on that?
1: Okay, here's here's where I preach my sermon. A <laughs> little philosophy. <laughs> no, 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 I can't answer your question. I'm telling you how I preach the sermon. Okay, go for it. Is I would run with the phrase... And he stayed hmm. as Jesus's act of obedience to the Father. That the Father calls, God calls Moses, come to me. And the Father's command to the Son was to be sent. Hmm. And in the pinnacle moment of the cloud, Moses stays. And you remember Peter's words to Jesus, it's good for us to be here. Yes. He's modeling what. He's modeling the Moses model, but Jesus comes down off the mountain hmm. and rather than this return, you know, I'm picturing in my mind, this, this place is so thick with the presence of God. Who would want to leave? Could, could Jesus have simply, <clears throat> uh, you know, vanished as, as others have done in the old Testament, being taken into God's presence. Is, is Ascended this. Ascended into heaven. Is this, <laughs> is this a place. Well, Moses and Elijah. The, you know. Is this a place where, where the mission could have ended? Oh, but Jesus stayed not in the presence of God, so to speak in this, in this holy place, but with his mission with the people. Hmm. And, uh, I think that's what I would, that's what I would key on. And of course, uh, after the transfiguration message, it's, um, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the son of man has been raised from the dead. So it's connected with his crucifixion and his staying, you know, that, uh, I think I would, I think I would spin it with. The, the good news of our staying is that Jesus stayed through to its total completion. And only then did he return to the Father, mm. and the ascension and, uh, the ascension being the, the completion of the validation of the, the cross and the resurrection completed that, that his staying has won such a great, uh, has won the presence of God for us, right? The, mm. the Holy Spirit has come and, you know, I think, I think, I think, I, I don't know how exactly I craft it, but, but I, I put Jesus smack dab in the middle of that, yeah. and spin the whole thing on on him, and he stayed. You know, it was it was Jesus staying that hmm. that gives this story the most weight that I think we can give it, and the encouragement, and is ultimately why. Well, why do we stay? And that can be in and the presence of God. we don't have God, to go
0: up on a mountain to find God. In the presence of God, happen.
1: in the crucifying moments that God yes. uses in our lives. And He's and he stayed, you know. And I think that would be my encouragement. And man, it, it, it's
0: it's so... And he stayed in the and darkness. Stayed. And he stayed in the silence. Yeah. And he stayed in the suffering. And he stayed and, in the yeah. terror yeah. of the yeah. of the fire <laughs> abiding. Yeah, and he stayed. Well, in terms of crafting, one and, way to do it is to say... Is, a tale of two mountains, right? Mount Sinai and Mount Tabor, which is the kind of tr- traditional name of the mountain upon which uh, the transfiguration takes place mm. up in Galilee. And to play those off each other a little, both the similarity as well as the difference. Is what I'm hearing you say is the difference is relevant too. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't, oh, yeah. didn't stay. Yeah. Uh, so you, And that could be fun part of the twist in the sermon is to highlight the similarities at first well, yeah. and then twist it and notice, ah, but notice he didn't stay for 40 days. Actually, the 40 days and 40 nights we know of Jesus, which for the church, if you're practicing Lent, start that Wednesday. This would be the Sunday before Wednesday, that yeah. Ash Wednesday. That his 40 days and 40 nights are in the wilderness, not up on the mountain. You know, <laughs> kind of almost yeah, yeah. with us well, and in our temptation. Yeah, our that's, suffering. His, that's yeah. his
1: thing. Like his staying is not in the presence of God. His staying yeah. is in, is to his mission. Gosh, so good. And he stayed, but it's total. it's the, it's the contrast of it. Moses, Oof. Moses' obedience is staying in the presence of God. Jesus is staying is in his mission.
0: And then Come practically, on. very practically, you can say something and goal or end of the sermon, depending, you know, if it's a, if it's a Lord's supper service, you may oh. want to end there with the <laughs> Christological, but if not, you may want to end with something applicational where you say along the line, you could put this earlier in the sermon. If not, uh, You know, how is God slowing you down right now? Yeah, yeah. What or just what is slowing you down that you see as obstacle?
1: Yeah, that you want to not stay. And and this is where I bring it back in. Yeah, Jesus is staying, and that's what preaching is. Like preaching is reminding people where God is, even if God is feeling silent and quiet and absent. Mm -hmm. And it's like we have we have a silent Joshua next to, Ah! and you've got a silent. He maybe he's silent right now, but Jesus, Jesus is staying is what gives your staying. Meaning, see, so have God and the purpose. Father in the
0: cloud and Jesus at your side yeah. silently. Yeah, woo. Yeah, I'm pumped. I want to preach this so sermon. the sermon.
1: <laughs> and 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 to be reminded. I mean, preachers have to be reminded because man, it can feel it can feel like we are working with words, and yet it's still stone cold silence. Yeah. Right. <sighs> to be reminded when you are preaching God's word, it might feel like it's actually silence, but God is still working and doing something, and it just has to be a posture and attitude of faith and. I mean, you and I both know what it's that's like the
0: humility that to apply to our own lives as preachers. before to trying to preach, tell anybody else to do
1: That's it. it that's <laughs> it. Like preacher, you're going to wrestle with this on Sunday afternoon or Monday morning, depending on whenever that adrenaline crash happens for you. And you're going to be like, what oh, in the world just happened? And like you put all your happened. energy in yep. the
0: moment when you had a joke no, and it was crickets. No. <laughs> right. Or you had or you just a deep pre- thought. Yeah. Crickets, and you just put like- your
1: guts out. And then it's like, there's yeah. nothing.
0: Nice sermon today, pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, really? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and you know how
1: susceptible you are to uh to critique and to even yep. just to like neutral words. You know, like we want affirmation. Yeah. After after trying to live out our role. And <sighs> uh anyways,
0: that's a good word, brother. Jesus is, with, Jesus is with
1: Jesus is with the preacher. There's a silent Jesus there because he
0: stayed, you should too. Yeah, you know, and my, I, and my personal application of our conversation today, Aaron, is next time I'm up to bat, preaching or giving a giving a talk or devotional, whatever, I'm going to spend a little time with this text. With that in mind, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> sit with it, and, and maybe maybe you could
1: even call this uh, uh, you could call it set out with Joshua. You know, you could you could you could make and it's not about and it's it's like it's not about Joshua at all here. Random detail, but, <laughs> but in the end. Yeah, it's all about him. Yeah. It's all it's all about Joshua. It's all about Yeshua. You know, that's the not climbing book.
0: with Joshua. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. yeah. I think that's I think there's something there,
1: and and uh, and I also think there's there's a word to preachers and people who are trying to discern God's call, which we all do at times, and we often we often hear God's call to go, hmm. and sometimes in the pastoral ministry in the pastorate. God's yeah. call is to stay, and sometimes there's not six days of silence it's like there's six years of silence, yeah, yeah. and in the seventh year and our and our colleague chip Arn would give some data to it. It was like it takes quite a bit of time for a pastor's influence to actually take yeah. root and to and to be effective yeah um anyways I don't know that that might be another way that it would speak to me because uh, I can get uh I can get antsy from time to time and yeah. You know, I'm not antsy now just so every single administrator who's listening to this knows not antsy now. All right. I'm quite, quite content and happy, but I don't know. I like to,
0: I like to tell my bosses I'm antsy. <laughs> Gives you better uh, negotiating point. Power move. Power move. Whereas <laughs> my son would say leadership. Ooh, <laughs> mm, uh, leadership. Yeah. <laughs> well, hmm. thanks so much, Aaron. I appreciate the time. Uh, that you gave to me and to, to our listeners And to attending to the word of God This, this hour appreciate Pleasure, it, happy to be here And I say thank you as always to all our listeners I uh, appreciate you chiming in and subscribing And sharing and getting the word out of what we're doing here Thanks as always to Eric Fisher And, and Toby Chong and their great editorial work Can't imagine doing this without them And thanks to Tom Adamson for donating uh, the theme music And last but not least We say Have a good preach and a great week Bye bye you <laughs>